listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I am so glad you're joining us today. My guest today is award-winning author, speaker, and columnist, Jean Webster. And Jean will be here uh, discussing her novel, Strays, A Woman, a Dog, and a Timeless Wisdom of Nature. So we look forward to talking to Gene just in a moment, but we're going to break briefly for a commercial message. Come right back with Gene Webster after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Petco. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call, and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List, who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash rights and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash rights, W-R-I-T-E-S. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. And I'd like to welcome to the show author, Gene Webster. Gene, welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Oh, thank you, Tim. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Our pleasure, our pleasure. Now, you've got your uh, recently released book, Strays, with a woman, a dog, and a timeless wisdom of nature. So tell us a little bit about the, uh, the novel. Well, the very first thing is the title, Strays. Everybody has said to me, oh, I can't read a book about stray dogs. It'll make me cry. <laughs> but the book refers to more of how the human race has strayed from their natures than dogs hmm. so, or any other kind of stray animal. But the book is one of these books that it's fiction, but it blurs the line between fiction and nonfiction until after you've read it, you can't decide whether it, it's a tale or some of the most profound truths that you've ever read. And uh, briefly, the story is about a young woman whose life is not going well. And she's been laid off from her job. She has a terrible relationship, and she comes up here to the mountains just to kind of take stock. And while she's here, she has a blow to the head, and when she wakes up, she can understand the language of plants and animals. And what follows that is if, if animals could speak English and communicate to us right up front, this would be the insight and the wisdom they give us about the way that we live our lives and the way that we create what happens. 
Yeah. You know, and I think it's one of the fascinating things about the book because, um, as you know very well, I'm, a, I'm an animal communicator and I, I work with and consult uh, people with their animals. And, and no, I've been asked many times, I've never taken a blow to the head or anything <laughs> of this sort, just to let, you know, make it clear up front here. But, you know, with my experiences in communicating with the animals, a lot of it's, uh, you know, question and answers. We have things we want to ask the animals. They tell us, uh, give us replies back, give us information. They share a little bit uh, with us as well, but they perhaps don't go as deep as what you're covering here in strays, but I think it's fascinating the fact that if animals had a forum, if they had a platform, if they were running for president, these are some of the things that they would possibly say, wouldn't you agree? Exactly, exactly. And and just like your book, with your tagline, Every Animal Has a Tale, I believe that everything in nature has something to tell us. And the stories that are in strays are based on the old Native American legends and some of the folk wisdom Mm-hmm. that we used to know. There's a chapter in my book that begins, there was a time when man felt responsibility and great respect for the earth and lived in the rhythm of her seasons. And there was a time when we were very much more connected to our four-leggeds and the plants and the signs that came to us through nature, you know, just like farmers, when to plant, when to, to reap, all of that. And we've lost something. So I very much believe the further we get away from Mother Nature the further away we are from our own true natures. The stories reflect that. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And it seems like uh, nowadays we're looking for ways to make ourselves individuals. How do we separate ourselves out from the pack? And uh, if we go back into nature and actually go back to, as you said, the Native Americans and Aborigine cultures that still teach that we're actually all in uh, oneness with each other. We are in oneness with each other, but we're all individuated. Is that correct? Am I saying that properly? <laughs> um, we're individual expressions of the same one thing. Now, like the Native Americans believe that there was a spirit of the deer, and all of the deer shared that one soul. And they taught from the things that, that the deer would show or the dog would show, like its loyalty. So in this way, we are all the same one thing. We all share Mother Earth. We're all made up of the same chemicals, give or take a few ounces of each, but we're um, individually expressed. We have free will to express the way we want to. Exactly. But the more that we understand uh, that the person or the animal or the plant that's next to us is all part of the same experience, uh, the more I think that we can sort of express our personality, express our uh, individuality, but at the same time embrace everything else around us. Exactly, exactly. And they are giving us messages. Plants, plants are very interested in human beings. There's been a lot of studies on the way the plants act when humans are in the room, or the energy they give off, rather. Yeah, and, and I think it has to do a lot with it. you know energy. I, I love using that word. I use it, that word quite often when trying to express how I feel and things going on around us. And, and you're absolutely right. Every living thing, whether we're talking about plant life, we're talking about our animals, they put out their own energy and they always respond to the energy around them. Yeah. And the more positive that energy is, the more higher vibrations, we'll call it, uh, the better they respond. Don't you agree? Exactly. Exactly. And I think that nature kind of has a more pure vibration or energy. And when you tap into that, then we're getting into the truth level of things because they don't possess guile. A dandelion doesn't lie. And so many people today are searching for their purpose and added meaning in their life. And I think that we can find this in nature. And this is what Strays talks about. A tree is just happy to be a tree because it knows what its purpose is. 
Yeah. I think it's the title of your next book, A Dandelion Never Lies. I can see it now. <laughs> like that one, huh? <laughs> I love that one. I mean, if you don't use it, I'm going to steal it right now. <laughs> so when writing the book, tell us, how did that all come about? Did you have, were these sort of, as we know with novels, loosely based on personal experiences or things going on around you? How did that all come about? Yeah, it, you know, it, people ask me all the time, is this your story? After they tell me, oh my gosh, you wrote my story. Then they say, is this your story? Well, it's a universal experience. But, yeah, I went through the same thing. I think as we enlighten ourselves and elevate our consciousness and our awareness, we all go through sort of the same steps, the same sort of uh, learning, if you will, or becoming aware of things. And so knowing that it was universal and everybody uh, went through it, and the fact that I'm a professional life coach and I work with people in different areas like spiritual integration or uh, teens, I work with them on life mapping, I do a lot of purpose work. It seems the worse the economy gets, the more people are searching for um, something true that they can hang on to. They feel like their foundations have been shaken. But yeah, I had all these stories that I was told as a child, about the way that we create our life. And because I was brought up in that Native American way, I was taught my whole life to be very aware of what everything around me was saying. And so then when I became a coach, I found that these foundation principles just knitted right into all the stories I'd ever heard. So I, I used storytelling to sort of bring awareness to people. Yeah, and I think it's a great way to go about doing it. You do a great job with that. Um, Thank you. Yeah, because everybody loves a good story, and when there's a life lesson behind it or intertwined within it, it, it tends to be even more powerful. It does, and it's, there's something about standing up lecturing people saying, you need to do this, do you understand that you have to do that? The, the wall kind of goes up. Mm. You know, there's kind of a defense mechanism that happens. But if you just simply tell them a story and leave it at that, there's no defenses. They just take it in. But now we're, we're treading upon the, uh, the fine line between spirituality and religion, I think, here for a moment, <laughs> <laughs> which we're not going into in this show, that's for sure. Not diving in there. <laughs> no, that's muddy water right there for sure. <laughs> the fascinating thing about, about the book, I mean, obviously you've been around a lot of locations promoting the book and talking about the book and sort of enlightening people. What would you say you've learned most about either the writing process and then obviously after the book's been published? What are some of the aha moments that you've had? Just in the writing process? Yeah, well, let's reflect on the writing process and then we'll go to the, uh, the afterwards where are some of the ahas. Well, you know, it's funny because I always write the book from the end. Um, I found it's easier if you know how you want the book to end or where you want to stop, then you can back up far enough to know where to begin and get the whole story in. And that works better for me than beginning at the beginning. I, you kind of flop all over the place. But if you know where you're going at the end, that's great. It's just a joy. I don't know how you felt when you were writing your book, but I just feel like I just have to write. It's just a wonderful thing, and I love writing fiction, and I love telling the old stories. The writing process is not hard. Marketing makes my teeth itch. <laughs> <laughs> it just is a difficult thing to do. Well, the interesting thing, what are some of the unique things you've done to market the book? Because I know you've been out there. I see a lot. Uh, we've been introduced, obviously, at, at rescue fairs and organizations. Mm -hmm. What are some of the uh, interesting things that you found that did work for you? Well, just personally, I don't care to go to bookstores and do book signings. It's not a prejudice against bookstores. It's just that I feel like it's more, it's more about ego than it is 
about getting the message out, and obviously it's the message in the book that I, I want out there. I prefer to do something that's like a win-win-win. So we do do all rescue groups as book signings, or we'll do bookstores that will donate part of the proceeds along with my publisher to a rescue group. Then I feel like everybody gets a great read, the bookstore makes money, and the rescue group gets the help it needs. Marketing-wise, you know, it's just whatever you think's going to work. You can do social, you can, you know, do bricks and mortar, go to places, speak, all of that. It's just, to me, you know, whatever you think's going to go, do it. Yeah, and I think that you know I've learned those life lessons as well because uh, you know having a book out there and, and promoting a business, you have to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. But I've never seen a, the golden egg. I haven't seen at least for me or my business or my books the one thing that's like uh, the standout thing you have to do. You have to sort of get your toes uh, wet in all these different areas. In all of them, yeah. And for, you know, like myself, I'm an award-winning author. I'm republished internationally. But as far as celebrity goes, I don't have any of that. (laughs) I'm just folks. And so when people don't hear of you, it makes it twice as hard. And if you're not careful, you can spend all of your time marketing and none of your time doing what you love, which is writing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you've got a new project, a new book out there. Yeah. It's, uh, it does tie up all of your time. And, and as we know, it's, uh, the, the buzzword is platform. You've got to have a platform. You've got to have your name out there. But uh, you know, I agree with you. I always uh, do a lot of work with the rescue organizations and teaming with them. Part of the proceeds from the book go to rescue organizations. And uh, I think it's a great way to give back. And it's a fantastic way. When I, I know when I went on my book tour, we went to about uh, 10 cities across the nation, and we always teamed up with a rescue group uh, for the television appearances, book appearances, uh, book signings, speaking events, whatever it may be. So, A, they could garner some money and, most importantly, get some attention out there and get some awareness. And I, I think I applaud exactly. you for doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And kind of frankly, yeah, it's people that own pets and understand them that are already communicating with them, not on your level, certainly, but the dog spends an awful lot of time training us so that when he does a certain motion, we know he wants to go outside or when he spins around three times, he's tired or, you know, they really spend a lot of time trying to communicate with us and train us to to follow their cues. So I think pet people get it. If you understand what I mean, Mm -hmm, they're they're mm -hmm. deeper into that and they get it that, that, yes, they do communicate with us. Absolutely. We just have to open ourselves up to it and be aware of it and maybe go a little bit deeper. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. We're going to come up to a commercial break here. Uh, but when we get back, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Jean Webster and uh, we'll talk to her about more about her book, Strays. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. 
Audible.com makes it easy to stay well informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Your groomer is going to hate me. Hi, I'm Allie McLennan. Join me for my Pet Life Radio show, Groom for Improvement. You're going to save time and money with these tips from my New York City grooming table. From product recommendations to do's and don'ts, I am going to hook you up. So just do me a favor and don't mention this to your groomer. Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link. And we're here talking to author Jean Webster about her book, Strays. Now, Jean, tell me about some of the responses. We touched upon it briefly at the first half. What have you gotten from people? What have they said to you? What are some of these ahas that you never even possibly thought of when you were writing the book? You know, frankly, Tim, I was really overwhelmed. I really was because I, you know how it is when you're writing, you, you get done with a chapter and you go, oh, that's drivel. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> going to understand it. I'm going to throw it in the drawer. So it's lonely work. You don't get any feedback while you're doing it. And we put it out there and people just so totally embraced it. I've had people cry and hug me and say, this is my story. I don't understand it. We've had massive response on Amazon with that. I always put my email on the back of the book. And people email me every day and tell me this is my story. If I had a nickel for everybody told me that told me they'd never kill a spider again, I'd be a really rich woman. <laughs> really rich. Changed my whole idea about life. Gave me the inspiration to follow my purpose because I know what it is. I've just been afraid. Reorganized the way I felt about setting boundaries for myself. You know, just all the things that are that are brought up in the book, but it, it's been astounding. It's just been so totally embraced. And the one thing that I really kind of was concerned about was that the Christian community would think it was something other than it was with the animal communication. And they have just overwhelmingly embraced it. So it's just been an outpouring of, I think... In the whole time, we're close to our 11th printing now. And the whole time, I think I've met two people that didn't like it. And one girl read three pages and said, this isn't about a dog because it didn't open with the dog. <laughs> and somebody else was just creeped out by, you know, a talking dog in the book. <laughs> 
walk a couple of days in my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, that's great. It's an overwhelming response to it. And, and I always think it's fascinating because when you're putting a, a book out there or you're writing an article, whatever it may be, you hope you have a message that you're, you're touching people with. You're hoping you're having a uh, message that they get. They understand, but you really don't know. You're right. You're kind of out there on an island until you start getting these responses back. Exactly. You don't know how anybody's going to take it because you're alone in your office. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, after reading the book Strays, what would you like the readers to walk away with? What would be the one thing you'd like for them to, uh, to get from the book? Well, I'd just like to get across that we are more in control of what happens in our life than we know, that we are able to create a certain kind of life. We just don't have to take what life throws at us or what we think is our fate or our circumstances that we're very much more empowered and very much more in control and that we play a huge part on this planet as having stewardship for it. And I think we're failing that test. And one thing I would like to do is link people back to the animals and back to the plants so that they get a a genuine respect and a genuine idea that they're there's wisdom to call here and that we need to caretake this and take care of it. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah, I always talk to people about, um, and you mentioned it in the book and you've talked about it here on the interview, uh, life's purpose as we call it. Mm-hmm. And I think our, uh, the plant life, the animals, you know, they understand. They understand their purpose for being here and they, they work every single day to fulfill what that purpose is. And, and hopefully when they leave this, this body, this world, they fulfilled that purpose. But it seems like us humans spend most of our life and most of our therapy dollars trying to figure out who we are and what our purpose is all about. Right. And, you know, I could tell your audience what their purpose is like that because everybody's purpose is the same. Where people get hung up is how do they express that purpose. And animals don't have a problem with that. I, I think to me, and I don't know whether you'd agree with this or not, but our downfall and our glory here is the fact that we have an imagination that surpasses anything on the planet. And so when you're not using that brain, when you're not using your imagination or your creativity, it's going to run whether you use it for good or bad. And we end up with runaway thoughts. You know, if you're not doing anything and you're sitting around and you're getting ready to board the airplane and all of a sudden you start thinking, okay, what if I get on and the engine fails? What if there's a terrorist on board? What if, you know, your mind's going to work and your imagination's going to go whether you lead it or not. And that's one of the things that I think that we really need to understand is that we are not our minds. Our minds are the best computer in the world. And that actually the soul and the heart is running things here. And we need to learn to master that, those runaway thoughts. Yeah, good way to put it. I think that's great. Well, we touched on earlier that uh, you're a columnist also. You've written columns in, uh, for print. Tell us a little bit about the process of writing a novel like Strays compared to writing a column. Because I know there's got to be some uh, major differences, obviously, but some that uh, people aren't necessarily aware of. Yeah, writing columns is, you, you of course, for whatever magazine, I, I write for two. One is a parenting and one is just a, the um, sort of wide-range local tourist uh, mm-hmm. magazine that we have going here. So I get to write about a lot of the folklore around this area. But first of all, length. You know, in a book, you can go on forever. You could write War and Peace if you could mm-hmm. keep somebody's attention. But you only have about 800 to 1,200 words for a column, so you really have to drill down and figure out what you want to say and make your point. Lots of times magazines will 
have a theme every month, like the parenting uh, magazine has a theme every month that they want you to follow. They might be talking about evolving parenthood one month, and they might be talking about the toddler the next. So you try to tie into their theme or the month with the other magazine, October. You know, what happens in October? Well, then I can tell the booger stories of, you know, the Hanks and the boogers that live in the mountains where you wouldn't want to do that in December. I find both of them satisfying. I'm a little frustrated sometimes with writing columns because there's not enough space. <laughs> so there's a big difference, you know, and I, I know you'll find this when you, when you, or understand it, when you write copy for your marketing or you're trying to send out something and they want you to put it in one sentence and here you've written a whole book. It's like, are you kidding? I write novels. I don't write one sentence. So that's the challenging thing for me is, is the length. Yeah. Yeah. I think the length is a big part of it. And sometimes I find when writing articles that the length, though 800, 1200 words doesn't sound like a whole lot, depending on the topic and what they want you to write on, it can actually be quite lengthy. Because yeah. some things to, that you just don't need 1200 words to say. And I also find that, you know, sometimes they'll ask, um, you know, can you do an article on, uh, let's say, missing pets? I'll say, sure, what kind of article? And they're like, what do you got? Well, it's like, well, <laughs> that topic, we can cover, you know, eight or nine different. Different uh, articles on that topic alone. So, trying to get them to understand what uh, what I can do for them and what excites them is sometimes a challenge when I when I write for uh, magazines, yeah. and newspapers, etc. I, I find that too. I, I've had a relationship with these guys, so I know them. But I find the exact same thing if I'm writing an article on that, or even life coaching through storytelling. You know, I, then they'll say, "Well, well, what aspect? What what aspect would you like me to bring out?" Well, I don't know. Just write it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> Throw it <All> over right. <laughs> the fence. <laughs> now, obviously, Gene, you got a deep in, uh, affection for animals, and obviously our listeners do as well. But how does that deep affection for the animals present itself in, in your life and in your writing and just uh, your overall being? Boy, that's a great question. I always ask the good ones. <laughs> yeah, you always ask the good ones. I think that I would have to say that it's brought me more awareness. I'm more aware of where I am and what's happening around me all the time. For me, it's expanded my gratitude. Everything appears as a gift. For some reason, on some level, now I don't do what you do and, and communicate in that way, but I do communicate. It's like they're telling me, this is important. You need to look at this. If I have a question, I will hear in my mind, look at this animal or look at this plant or look at that. And then I have to try to deduce what it's telling me. And I get it that way. I think it's not as a direct process as probably as what you do and comes in in, in my understanding. But there's value in that if, if you can tell it to someone else, you know, if you can explain that to someone else. So it makes me very, very aware and very thankful and very joyful. You're wealthy. If you can see that and see into nature, it's, it's an abundance of wealth that has nothing to do with the measure of how much money you make. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And, you know, when you're communicating with nature, when you're communicating with animals, you know, I always tell people that it's the information you receive from that, however that flows, whether it's words, colors, pictures, feelings, emotions, a oneness with it, whatever it may be, that's what you're meant to gain from it. That's, that's, there's no right or wrong way to communicate. It's just what you receive. And my, what I receive and how I communicate may be different from someone else's, but as long as you're getting the information, 
and, and you can become one with uh, whatever you're communicating with and connecting with, uh, I think that's what you're uh, there to accomplish. You know, and that's an excellent explanation of it, too, because like I said before, we're all individual expressions of this same one thing. And we're all different, you know, different fingerprints. As much as we are all one, that's how much we're individualized. So it would stand to reason that if we need information and it's forthcoming in that way, it would come to us in not all the same way. Like one person might see pictures, one might see colors. You'll learn a different lesson from the dandelion than I will. Yeah, and just learn those life lessons and accept them and and use them. So I think it's a great way to do it. So we've been talking to uh, Jean Webster about her book, Strays. Jean, where can people find out more about you and more about the book? Well, I have a website. It's www.straysthebook.com. You can find me on Amazon. We are on Kindle. If you have bought a book from me or in the area, I always put my email and my website on the back. You can go to Amazon and read. I have now about 42 reviews. 39 or 5 star so you know give you a good idea of what the book's about so everybody go to uh, straysthebook.com or go to Amazon, pick up a copy of Strays, A Woman, A Dog, and a Timeless Wisdom of Nature by Gene Webster. Gene, I thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you as always, and we look forward to uh, more great things from you down the road. And uh, once again, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you. And we'll, I'm sure we'll see each other at some benefits here down the road too. That's right. i got to help those puppies, kitties, and all the other animals out there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're coming to the end of the show today. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. i also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making the show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show and the stories in my blog, you can go to Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com, click on the animal rights icon and uh, download those interviews and listen to them and read the blog, see what else is going on. And uh, while you're there, be sure to check out all the other hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. It's Tim at PetLifeRadio.com, and I'll do my best to answer your questions, I'll entertain your comments, and try to bring on the people you want to hear from most onto the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.